Mail-In Podcast. It is uh, Thursday, March 24th, when you're hearing this. I'm your host, Brett Merriman. To my right is my lovely co-host, Sally DeFreeze. Sally, how are you? I'm great. Is that, is that with a grain of sarcasm? Well, yeah, I was telling you before the podcast, I had a oh. little run-in with a hostess at lunch that I'm upset with, but I'm oh. going to get over it okay. and not be a Karen. Just, I just want to sit outside when it's beautiful out. It is five gorgeous. Five tables open, just like let me sit outside. Gorgeous outside. And don't lie and say that there's no availability. Yeah, I reservations and the like, I've always had issues with. You know, just from like a really, you can't sit us there, even though the reservations in in an hour and a half. Right, like it's crazy. I don't know. Austin's just becoming really difficult. Like it's a Wednesday at one p.m. Is it really that hard to get a table somewhere to just go to lunch? It shouldn't. Apparently, it shouldn't be now. Like South by week, okay, but it's South by's done. Dell match play week, maybe you'd get away with being like, "Oh, we're too busy. I'm sorry," and they have to keep two tables open just in case. You know, McConaughey walks in, but the places that are right, uh, what's the word? The places that are stuck up enough to think that like Ben Crenshaw is going to come walking in with his three like cronies, right? It's like, come on, guys, come on. I mean, apparently, him and five other tables, uh, yes, kept us from eating outside. The uh, like, oh, we have to keep them open for a celebrity. It's like, this isn't LA, this yeah, is Austin, this is Austin. Let's relax, calm down. But we did walk down the street to uh, Swedish Hill, and I got a bomb chicken salad. I've heard nothing but good things and never have been. Is it like a a sit-down, or is it more kind of a counter, and you kind of take your own It's a counter service. They used to do sit-down dinners. I don't know that they do anymore, but it's like a counter service. You order at the counter. They've got some stuff in the deli case, but they make sandwiches and stuff like that. Gotcha. I've heard very good. It's uh, overpriced, but it's good. I feel like that road, like West 6th, is extended. Becoming very overpriced very quickly mm-hmm. with like bar peached and um, is it, what's the, the neighbor, the night spot or nightcap? Have you been uh-huh. there? No. Oh, it's very, very expensive. Lynn Asian bar, yep. the dumpling place. The Lynn Asian bar um, chef, who I believe is named Lynn, uh-huh. is building a spot right by my apartment. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can't wait. I've heard nothing but good Love things. dumplings. I've never, I was like, well, I, I kind of wrote off dim sum because I just didn't know what dim sum was. Oh, no, it's great. Oh, it's very good. And bao buns. Oh, we had a foie gras bao bun in Vegas. And your husband and I split one. Mm-hmm. And I was like, whoa, that is. Oh, yeah, y'all did a dim sum brunch in Vegas. We did. We did a dim sum brunch in Vegas and it was fantastic. Yeah, it's delightful. Delightful, delightful, delightful. Um, and like the bao buns as well. Um, Like the. It's just said bao buns. But bao like, buns uh, are like Vietnamese though, right? I think so. Okay. Yeah. What I'm, I'm thinking of, it was like a kolache kind of tasting yeah. bread that had like duck. But they're and, like steamed. Onions. Yeah, steamed yeah. buns. And then I like the ones too, that the sandwiches, like the, I guess it's banh mi, but it's a, with a bao bun around it. Oh. Well, so banh mi's so, on a baguette. Sometimes. The ones that I had, I had one at the, uh, at the tournament yesterday. It was on like a steamed bun. Steamed bun? Yeah. And it was like kind of wrapped up with a little taco. Just a little Pan-Asian cuisine talk. We're Yeah. We're going full on Pan-Asian cuisine talk. Adam's a big fan of Asian cuisine, right? That's a nod. A little bit of a tactical mail-in today. So we're going to get right into it. Ready, Sally? Yes. Hi, guys. I'm changing careers after eight years as a teacher. 
Education was the only path I've ever pursued. I never changed majors in college. I've tried multiple jobs, attempted grad school, and have put all my eggs in this basket. That said, I just can't do it anymore. And in the most professional terms, I have no idea what the fuck comes next. I have a job after the school year in recruiting, but what do I do to advance professionally if I'm outside my previous field? Grad school, job fairs, networking, what's the best way to be more marketable? I'm smart, professional, and motivated to provide my family and be happier than I was teaching. What's a guy to do, Sally? And I feel like, by the way, from a teacher standpoint, this is, I know three or four teachers. Three of the four have done this right. in the last, I guess, year and a half. Alyssa Ruff did this. For a, what I would assume is a very specific reason. Um, not Alyssa, I just mean teaching in general because it's just become so hard lately. Yeah. Um, shouts to all the teachers. Shouts to teachers. And, it, and it's sad, frankly, that they're not supported more, especially in an environment where their worlds have been flipped upside down in terms of in-person yeah. you know, education. But anyway, it's crazy. Yeah. So, I mean, we really should have had Alyssa on to answer this question. But I, in Alyssa's case, mm -hmm. she left because she got a really good opportunity to do some sort of sales position, I think. Okay. If I'm thinking yeah, correctly. I think, I think you're right. And I know, I mean, Alyssa and I, all my other friends who are teachers, I'm most people who are teachers love the actual teaching part itself. Yeah. Um, it's just the, like all of the bureaucracy, bureaucracy and like the society, all the shit that's going on in our society right now, with like COVID and the politics, politics the, the and pay, whatever. It's like making the, it horrible to be in education. Right. So shouts to the people who are choosing to do it. And sticking you. through it. Um, but totally understandable why you would leave. Mm -hmm. um, anyway. That all being said, you're uh, most people who have second careers are like the people that I have met have actually been teachers first. Mm -hmm. And I feel like having a background in education actually makes you really marketable. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> because if you think about it, you not only are dealing with teaching young children, which. God, the skills that you have to have to do that, like mm -hmm. patience and uh responsibility and the the organization i mean just every skill you need as a worker but also you are dealing with parents so you're dealing with like two totally different types of people mm -hmm. it's almost like being a manager and dealing with upper management because you have to be the go-between right between parents and kids which is not an easy place to be right so just for starters have some confidence in the fact that mm -hmm you're in a great position and even though it feels like maybe the only thing you've ever done is education all of the skills that you have are totally able to be applied in other areas right it's social skills constantly in in multiple fields right it's depending on what you teach if there's a certain discipline or if you're sort of like an elementary educator where it's sort of all in one you you are building skills in multiple areas across the board constantly and right. especially in terms of communication especially in terms of of reading people and dealing with personalities like there are i'd argue unlimited career paths maybe like like computer science or something like that or right. or maybe you you don't necessarily want to go from teaching for six years and jump into like a med school program or maybe you do fine but there's stuff that that 
translates right away. I think recruiting is a great one. Right. And my kind of idea here is that, okay, you have the recruiting job full time lined up. That sort of can act as a bridge if you need it to. Mm. And really kind of find yourself from a professional standpoint. Maybe it's a hobby that you potentially could turn into a a career down the line. Maybe it's, but it, it provides you a great opportunity to have a stable paycheck doing something that is new. And maybe it's outside of your comfort zone now, but I think you're going to find familiarity in it mm -hmm. kind of automatically. Um, and then sort of allow you to search and, and hear different perspectives on what, what might be next. I don't think you need to decide what's next, especially once you have something locked in. Right. Kind of let that come to you in a way instead of forcing it and committing to something so immediately. Well, and recruiting itself is like a great profession to be in, to be making connections with people. Right. That too. Yeah. That That's built in to the job. So what a great jumping off point for this guy. Mm -hmm. Like you have all of these skills and you've got this experience and some people will, you know, obviously you can't walk into an operating room and you know, be a surgeon, but you can do a lot of jobs having been an educator. Sure. Um, you know, I think if you were super passionate about something that requires grad school, then go to grad school. But I don't think that grad school is very necessary unless it's like very specific to the thing that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I but think I think, like you said, like you're in recruiting, use that as an opportunity to like network and see what you like and take time to like actually decide do i enjoy like this part of the job do mm -hmm. i enjoy like being with adults face to face every day like would i rather be corresponding via email or do i like going out to lunch with people like do i like you know what parts of my job did i really enjoy before that i'm still doing now that i can you know like if the sales part of you Mm -hmm. is really you really like that then do something in sales or do real estate or do something like that but find out what you like about the job that you did and that you're about to do. That's right. And then the other thing is it, it, with with teaching too is you you've already built up these credentials. Right. You can go back if you if you really really want to and they will take you back. Yeah, right. And no matter where in the country you are, there's going to be a teaching job or a or a position for you. I mean, it's the same thing with nursing. Like exactly, you can yeah. leave nursing and do something else or go into a different field and or a different part of nursing and like a hospital will always hire you. I mean, barring you like killing somebody, they will hire you back. There you go. So. You know who I would hire in a heartbeat? Who? Green Chef, Sally. I love Green Chef. I, like, no joke, love Green Chef. Will and I signed up for Green Chef after we got our sponsor book. As did I. Because I liked it so much. I like it so much because you are a like you are a real chef in this department because they send you a, a bag of ingredients not a pre-made meal right and i have become obsessed with making them and it's it's like literally changed my life and I'm, that's i'm not i'm trying not to be too dramatic here it's changed the way i look at cooking it's changed the way i go to the grocery store it's changed the way i like i my my food routine every week. I have one beef with Green Chef. Is that a pun in, intended? It was not a pun. Okay. Uh, and it has nothing to do with Green Chef itself. Uh, Rosie 
We were making some enchiladas. Ooh. They looked delightful. Oh, no. The tortillas were sitting on my counter, and Rosie ate six of the eight of them. <laughs> so the two enchiladas I did make were delightful. Uh huh. But I didn't get to enjoy the whole thing, and that's my beef with them. And that, but that's also what I love about them because mm-hmm. Will and I have an issue with like going to the store, making something, and then having leftovers. Correct. Exactly. Yes. Having meals portioned out that you're making that are like served to people, and I don't have leftovers, makes mm-hmm. me feel better about like not wasting food. And 100%. Will's not a leftover guy. Like I'll eat leftovers, but Will's like, I want the meal, and I don't want anything to do with it tomorrow you know Mm -hmm. so this is perfect for us because it's something new and exciting that we wouldn't normally cook and is like getting us out of our comfort zone it's easy to follow but all of the food is really good and fresh and it is perfectly portioned for two people and Mm -hmm. i'm talking about like good portions because will and i eat a lot like it's and so do i and it's it's like more than enough for me because I, I make one two person portion. Right, I, I finish some stuff. I'm gonna be real yeah, with you, yeah. but it is it's it's perfectly portioned for two people and a dog too. If they <laughs> eat six of your tortillas. Um, I have made the Asian uh, Asian glazed meatballs on uh-huh. a bed of rice. I have made the buffalo chicken pizza. I have made the uh, there's like a pork. In cherry sauce, pork type of situation. Oh, that one, I've yeah. done the enchiladas. Everything, Sally, has been like beyond good. I, I can't believe it's me making these meals. I can't believe you got barbecue chicken pizza. Like that's my favorite thing, and I haven't gotten it yet. It's so. the add-on. It's I'm the so if you buy like three meals, yeah. you can have an option for a free fourth like add-on, and it was a free fourth add-on. Oh shit! Okay, unbelievably yeah. good. It was like artisan too. It was big, fluffy like uh, focaccia. Uh-huh. With buffalo chicken and cheese, and ugh. you know what I love too is afterwards they're gonna they, they like tell you how to plate it so you feel better about your life that you're like oh I like made this like creation yes and they're like plate it in this way so that you don't just like flop food onto a plate and shovel it over your into your mouth over your sink like you normally would right. sit down and enjoy your dinner right and you know what the best part is I don't touch the microwave once no now there's a lot of like you're i mean you're a chef you have to there's like four or five bowls at the end of the night that you right. got to clean and you're like you're doing a but lot of things but it's easy to follow like yeah. will made one and will is not very proficient in the kitchen N- neither am i yeah and that's why it's so cool i feel like i'm bobby freaking flay in the kitchen wow go to greenchef.com slash mail 130 and use code mail 130 to get 130 dollars off plus free shipping that's, again, go to greenchef.com slash mail130 and use code mail130 to get $130 off plus free shipping. They are the number one meal kit for eating well. And by the way, just one more, like two more things. One, if you're single or live alone, perfect. It's absolutely perfect. You don't waste food and you have your meals kind of planned out for you. And two, if you want to eat really, really well and eat, you know, rabbit diet, they have those and their salads are really good. If you want to eat kind of medium range and have some carbs still involved, where your boy is, there's shrimp and uh, shrimp and scallop pasta fettuccine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. That delightful. So you that can kind of, there's a range. Yeah. I'll put it that way. There's a range of like. But even the ones that do. you're like the unhealthier, the carby ones are still not unhealthy. Right. Really exactly. Good. Exactly. That's, man, that's a pretty good read for. 
I mean, I, I, I like would legit do, right. hyped on them. Legit hyped. Legit hyped. I get pumped when they deliver to my door. <laughs> Uh, let's do the next one, Sally. Hey, okay. Brett and Sally. I don't know why I just said it like that, but I was I was yeah. in between hi and hey, so I was yeah. like hi. Uh, my fiance and I are interested in doing some premarital counseling, along with just some general individual therapy. Do you have any recommendations on where to look for or how to find counselors or mental health professionals? I'm skeptical about just googling and reading reviews, but unfortunately, don't have any close friends slash family that have had their own experiences. Any thoughts are appreciated. Um, okay. First of all, let's def- like what is premarital counseling from somebody who I believe has done it before. Yes, and then two, how do you find such counseling? Um, first of all, congrats on doing premarital counseling. I firmly believe that everyone should do premarital counseling. After doing it myself, I man, even if how much you like think you know your partner, there are situations that you need to talk through that are so vital. Mm-hmm to the success of a marriage. And I was very stressed about getting married because so many of my friends talked about how hard the first year of marriage was. And I was like, what if this happens to us? Like, what if we disagree? And I knew Will so well. I mean, we've been Mm -hmm. dating for five years and we did premarital counseling and continue to go to therapy actually, because it's just like makes our relationship so much better. Sure. Um, but we got through the first year of the pandemic and marriage, like scotch free and ended up getting pregnant. So obviously still going going right. (laughs) But, um, that being said, I went to Google, like I literally Googled like Austin premarital counselor Mm -hmm. saw like five people, read some reviews, picked, I think two or three and emailed them. And the girl that emailed us back, who is our therapist, uh, was the one who had the earliest availability and I was kind of like anxious to get it done because we were already kind of behind and I wanted to get a couple therapy sessions in. This was like mm-hmm. when Will and I decided to move our wedding up. So I was like, we've got to like see someone before we even go, you know, elope essentially. Um, and I really liked her. Nice. So we just stuck with it. But that being said, pretty much any therapist is going to tell you that if you go and you're not meshing well with them, mm-hmm. They don't want you to keep being their client or their patient because that's totally detrimental to both of you. Like why go to somebody that you just don't vibe with? Mm -hmm. A lot of times, um, too, you can say like if if they're not your cup of tea and you want to try someone else, you can even ask them for referrals to other people. Be like, hey, I just don't know that we were vibing well or like Mm -hmm. Will and I both – have had individual therapy sessions actually with our girl, but she said offered to us like, Hey, if you would rather see someone that's not your couple's therapist, yeah. like I have some, Oh, it's interesting. Yeah. Cause you know, like colleagues, maybe you, you feel more open to. on some things that yeah. versus for us. It's like easier. Cause she gets like our individual sides and our couple sides. Totally. Um, but I get why people would go to different people. Yeah. So, I don't really have any good tips for finding it unless it's like by word of mouth. But honestly, we did Google and found somebody we liked. And I think if you have to do it a couple of times to like test it out, then do that. But you should, you will know, like we, we um, went to her and we had to fill out, like we each filled out this like very long questionnaire thing Mm -hmm. about how we deal with different you know, kind of a personality test and then how you deal with different conflicts and stuff like that. 
And so for the first few sessions, we went kind of through that together because it was like, okay, let's talk about finances. Let's talk about family. Let's talk about this and that. And now it's like, we'll go and she'll be like, what do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Which obviously now we've been married and have a kid. But like even during premarital counseling, there was stuff that was not on the questionnaire that we knew we wanted to talk about. Like, so if you already have something in your mind, Mm -hmm. but all that being said, I think finding a actual therapist is really helpful. I know that some people have to do premarital counseling through their church when they're getting married in the church. We did not get married in a church because we moved ours up and got married at a hotel, but, um, there's nothing wrong with doing it that way either. I just felt like even though I wanted to discuss religion, I wanted to be with somebody I was very comfortable talking about other stuff with. And I feel like sometimes when you're doing it through your church or with your pastor, who's going to marry you. And maybe like you grew up with, you're not really thrilled to talk to them about like your sex life and like Mm -hmm. how much you hate his mom, who the pastor knows who blah, blah, blah. So finding someone that you both are comfortable, like really, because it's only helpful to you if you are willing to share stuff. Mm-hmm. Going deep. And you're not just like ticking off the boxes that you have to do. Mm-hmm. If if that's what you're in premarital counseling for. Like I know that people have to do it. Like a couple of my friends who got married in Catholic churches have to do like multiple sessions. And they were like are filling out this thing and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But like they're not invested in it. If you're going to invest your time and your money, like get the most out of it. Totally agree. Totally agree. And then... In terms of like I I I'm a hundred percent going to at some point do that and would like to, um, and then in terms of finding it, I know there's a bunch of sites out there. Whether they're through like your GP, I know people can do that. Whether it's Google, whether it's yeah, you know, there's like Better Health or Better Mental. Kind of there's a, like those sites too that yeah sort of give you therapists in your area type of thing. But crowdsource to Instagram that too. Yeah, like seriously. Mm-hmm. Utilize a network. They said their family and friends don't really haven't really gone through it, but maybe somebody knows somebody. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it, the internet is so powerful these days in terms of finding exactly what you need. Right. That you can kind of pick and choose. Uh, again, reviews are are helpful. I don't I don't think you should just discount going to Google and finding them based on reviews. That's how I found my doctor. And yeah. So uh, there's not you know one. D- standard way to do it i think everybody has a different path to it but i think you're already winning in the fact that you 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 want to do this and you're ready to do this so good for you yeah next one sal yeah hello sally and brett love the pot i've been dating a girl for a few months now and i will be meeting her mom for the first time this weekend we both moved to this new city and our parents don't live close as this is a first and lasting impression i want it to go well We will be going out to dinner one of the nights. I would love to treat my girlfriend and her mom to the dinner. Is this stepping on toes? Should I reach for the check? Should I offer to get dessert at a local spot we've been meaning to try? Been battling this one out, and I don't know what the gentleman move might be here. We're both incredibly happy, and I'm sure her mom will see that, so this is just really kind of a small overthought detail, but I'd appreciate another perspective on this. Thank you for helping myself and others more than you know. The gentlemanly move, Sally. I think pay for it. I mean, or at least attempt. Yeah. So, uh, a great a great way to do this, is and like take care of the card before the yeah, dinner even happens. Yeah, yeah. Call before and be like, "Hey, we're coming in. The reservations mm-hmm. under this name. Here's the card." Or if you can do it when you get there and you're being seated, like mm-hmm. hand 
like go to the bathroom and hand the waiter the card and be like, I'm taking care of the check. Right. Then it's like all done. You don't have to have the awkward like grab and yep. whatever. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that I don't think that's stepping on the toes. I think mm-hmm. the mom will be impressed and thankful and probably like treat y'all for the rest of the weekend. I mm-hmm. mean, parents love treating kids to meals, but like no one's ever gonna be like <laughs> the audacity of that guy. No, like you he know thinks what, I though? can't afford a meal. This is very sexist of me. I think dads have a different opinion on, on that. I think some dads out there are like, that's you're trying to up especially like a first yeah, time. I think yeah. that's like a you're trying to you're trying to get in like too quick here, buddy. Okay. I I can see that point of view. But since it's just her and her mom, I think that this I think is you're totally probably fine. okay. Um if you want to be more even more delicate about that, you can go, you can ask her mom, you know, kind of one on one. Maybe your your girlfriend's on, with you guys or something like, hey, I would love to buy dinner tonight. Is that okay with you? Yeah. And she's like, she'll either be like, oh my God, that's so sweet. Of course, that would be lovely. Thank you. Or she'll be like, oh my God, no. So nice to meet you. So nice of you to offer, but I would like to treat you guys. This is my first time interacting with you guys. I'd, yeah. I'd like it to be my treat. Um, yeah, I think that's one way to go about it too. Uh, I still like the like, just pay for it. Oh, I do too. I do too. Chance. Um, but you got to at least make an attempt in some way, shape, or fashion, I think that's the gentleman move. You can also show up with a bottle of wine. Uh, your first time, you can show up with flowers. something, fla- flowers, a card, or something like something. You know, doesn't have to be too over the top by any means, but just a gesture of like, hey, you know, I've really enjoyed dating your daughter for a few months. It's not right. like a first date. You're just going over to like say hi. Uh, you've been together for a few months, so I think that's worth providing some sort of gesture doesn't necessarily have to be monetary but some sort of gesture to say hey it's nice to meet you like you have a lovely daughter type of thing yeah um but i think you got to make an attempt at dinner yeah for sure unless and then with dads i don't know what you do like i i think you try you kind of like hey can i can i pay for this and he's gonna get shot down at least in my experience but it's it's very different with dads than being than going up like pre handing in your card i think dad is a better move of like i would really love to treat y'all the dinner that too that like being up front and saying like and he you'll probably get shot down or maybe Mm -hmm. he'll say okay thanks but like i feel like for a mom it's like a little bit more like impressive with a little swagger that's like oh my god he already paid for dinner that's so cute with the dad it's like oh he offered that's really nice you know absolutely and i apologize for reverting to you know societal and gender norms but Um, i think there is a level to especially with parents that still kind of exists so i read something yesterday uh on instagram it it was a story but it was actually a quote from do you know who tinks is i don't she's an influencer named it's me tinks on uh instagram okay she's best she has a podcast um and i i don't listen to it. I don't. Mm-hmm. But I know that she does like some live actual radio shows. Okay. And somebody quoted her yesterday and I was like, that is freaking brilliant. Somebody said, asked like, should men pay for drinks? Mm. And she said, yeah, until women make the same amount of money, until tampons oh, yeah. are free, until we get maternity leave, men should pay for drinks. And I don't feel bad about saying And that. birth control. Yeah. That's true. So I was like, you know what? I have always felt that men and women should be equal and that I really appreciate it when 
mm-hmm. like Will and I first started dating that he was buying me dinners and things like that. But I offered to split with him. But the way she put it, I was like, you know what? Damn right. Men should be paying for shit until women are equal. You so, know, here's you want to know. Brett, start paying uh, for our shit. I bully. I am on. I am on team women here. I'm an ally because yeah. you know why? There's the like the very thoughtful side that you just presented. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And then there's like the material side that have you ever walked into a, a girl's bathroom and seen the makeup and the hair products and the skincare and like everything y'all do to 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 you know let me it's called a woman careful, tax be yeah be more like attractive i'm air yeah. quote i'm please forgive me for saying this men we fucking put on a hoodie and jeans and carhartts and like hey let's go to applebee's yeah that's it we don't spend anything on ourselves and women take care of themselves so we should cover the the gap by paying for stuff you heard it here first you guys i just i think that's reasonable okay Let's go to the next one, Sally. Um, Hi, Brett and Sally. I hope you guys are well. A little background on my situation. I met my girlfriend down south in July 2020, but moved to a major northern city about nine months ago. uh, Excuse me, nine months into our relationship. That's April of 2021. We've been doing long distance and see each other when we can, but it's really starting to tear me apart. The hope was when I moved that she would follow at some point, but that's currently out of the picture as she's looking to move to a different city. Uh, I enjoy my job and like the city, but I've come to realize it's just not the same without her here. At some point, a decision will need to be made whether I stay here or follow her to wherever she ends up because I don't see myself handling long distance for years to come. Basically, my question is my current career or my girlfriend? Yikes. <laughs> um, oh, man. Okay. Okay, they've been dating for a year and a half, more than a year and a half, almost. Yeah, so July of 2020, they started, they met. And they've been along this relationship for a year now. Yep. A long distance relationship suck. I mean, it is what it is. I, you know, both of us have experience with them. Pro at this point. And there are upsides because I think that you, like every time you get to see each other, it's like a little mini vacation, but mm-hmm. it's really hard to move into the next stage of your relationship, which is like living everyday life with somebody, even when you've been together for a really long time and like you've spent a really large chunk of time with somebody. Totally. That being said, I, when I was in a longer distance relationship, I got into one knowing mm-hmm. that like there would be an end point, like that I would be done with school and move in with Will and we would, you know. Yeah. Have. there's. So it's really, really difficult to be a part of a long distance relationship that has no end point in sight. Yes. And that can be really frustrating and really wear you down. And. I think that like the only thing that got Will and I through that stint was like knowing that there was going to be an end day to Mm -hmm. it. And now did y'all discuss that? Was that inferred? Was that uh, verbalized? Like what was, how did you know that that was the case? Because so we were, we were long distance when we first met because I was in Houston, he was in Austin. Mm -hmm. And then I, and I was still planning on going to school at that point. So, but it was like, 
in the future. Yeah. We, you know, then we had dated. I moved to Austin probably six months after we started dating. Okay. For the interim. And then I went to school. So then I, when I was in school, though, it was going to be two and a half years in Fort Worth. And you kind of, that's, oh, excuse me. That's, you know, the date that it sort of ends. Right. right? And or at least so that's the date I that moved, a decision will happen. And at that point, I knew that we were going to get married. So it was like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. And then when we're done, we'll be engaged and all that other stuff. And it ended up being less time. It was ended up only being a year apart instead of a, two and a half years, which okay. was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I remember moving and being like, okay, like December 2019, we're going to be back together like for real. Mm -hmm. And it came, you know, August of 2018, thankfully. But that gave me like an end in sight, like something to work towards, even though it felt really far off. Mm -hmm. um, and I not, I don't know. I With Will, I think. I was so sure that I knew eventually one of us, had I not been in school, like we would have been married already. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think it's really difficult to tell this person what to do. It's like, if you hadn't moved for your job, do you think that like y'all would be married? Do you think that y'all would be starting a life together or would you just still be like dating? Because if this is the person that you think like, I'm going to marry her, then you need to make moves to be with her. Mm -hmm. If you think and and it's okay to like care about your career and still mm -hmm. want to be with somebody, sure, and still want to marry them. And if that if you want both of those things, that's okay. You just need to make some sort of like two or three year plan of like when are we going to end up in the same city. Mm -hmm. But if you're like not sure, and you're kind of just dating her, and you you're just torturing yourself, then what's the point? Like, why are you both doing this to each other when you're not sure that this is a relationship that you're going to keep having? Like, are you just comfortable? Are you, you know, is it easier to date her because you don't want to date anybody else in your own city? Like, but it sounds like you want to end up with her and it's okay to like choose her instead of your career if that's who you want to marry, right? Mm -hmm. Like, sure. Not just on that note, I, th I think you have to make sure that it's a two-way street mm -hmm. before you're moving for somebody with the idea of either living with them or living in the same city as them because you're choosing them to start a life with. That's got to be a two-way street, I think. Well, and so my other question is she is moving to possibly a different city. Right. So she choosing she is her decision clear or is it is it maybe it's necessary based on. Right. Is, is her is yeah. her move also necessary for work and this is like a okay we're gonna like battle it out for one more year and then we're gonna end up in the same city yeah. but this is the crux that every long distance relationship has to end at at some point where somebody makes a decision like i'm moving so that we can be in the same city so that we can like move on with our lives together yeah and if neither of you can see each other yourself or the other person doing that then that decision is made for you right and personally i feel like Yes, you think she's going to move to you, but if you're personally not willing to move to her, how can you expect that from her? Right. So right. both of you have to be willing to like make it work with the other person. Both of you have to be the one who's willing to move to like further your relationship. And you can't get hung up on the details of like, well, she's not moving for me. Yeah, because it it should be, that should be a two-way street as well. Right. So- 
in terms of you know career or girlfriend i think depends uh on your age perhaps your emotional like relationship maturity mm -hmm. um your emotional maturity your there's a lot of factors that go into this i don't think there's a real easy way to paint everybody's situation with one brush right but it ultimately you're right it comes down to can you see yourself moving for this person on both sides of the relationship and if so then yeah it's it's okay to to start a new career or start a new cup like it's okay to do that and move for somebody but if you're hesitant on that then it's probably the opposite right and, and it's so on. it's okay to end a relationship with somebody because the timing didn't work out like yeah. things happen when they're supposed to for a reason i know that that sounds like very free for bullshit but there's a reason when timing doesn't work out, like maybe you weren't ready for marriage or you needed to focus on your career. Because mm. honestly, if she's the one, you're going to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's all and that has to be said. You know, like when somebody's the one, you make shit happen for them. And when somebody is like, how do you know she's the one? I think everybody's parents will tell you. Uh, you just know. You just know. And that's kind of that's that. And if you're asking the question of like, will I move to be with her? And the answer is yes, then probably, yeah. Just close to being the one. Amen. Sally, that's it for today on the mail. I told you guys it was going to be a tactical one, so I appreciate you bearing with us. Uh, any shower thoughts before we bounce? No. Are do you, you, have, do you have any reservations that uh, you need to switch around based on the tables being too open? <laughs> no. Okay. There's a hard week to get a reservation in Austin, Texas. I'll tell you that. It's much. been difficult. Like, it's been difficult for a I long time. I need a reservation for three months from now. Yeah. For a Monday night. Oh three my months. Gosh. Well, it's steak freeze night, but like still. Okay. It's getting impossible, you guys. I'm going to start. Sally to steak freeze. Yeah, so, I'm going to start. Who did there, Adam? Yeah, I, I heard it. I'm going to start being like the asshole who like makes reservations like four months out and then like posts them on Instagrams like, do you want my reservation? $50. <laughs> I'll sell them to you. Not a bad idea. No, but I honestly may just start doing that for like just to have so that on a Friday on a whim when I'm like, I want to go out to dinner, I can like be like, oh, I have a reservation in this place. And the then same I can thing cancel as otherwise. a ticket to a sporting event. I mean, we, there we have an app there, Sally, a, a middle market for reservations. Well, there should, I mean, or a secondary obviously market, you me. can like set yourself up for on open table and stuff like that. Like alert me if something opens. Yeah. But there should be like a, a hotels tonight thing for reservate. I mean, I'm sure that that actually exists. I, maybe I don't know. I'm gonna look like into a it. little tradesy, like, hey, I have this Sammy's reservation. If you uh, can get yes. me into like whatever blind salamander, perhaps. Yeah, that's where Chris Harrison went yesterday. Really? I met. We met up at the golf tournament. Yeah, they're wow. talking about their resi. It's blind salamander. What which is, is blind a, salamander? It's over by. Uh, it's at Barton Creek. Oh, okay. It's like one of their restaurants. Anyway. Uh, that'll do it for us, Sally. Where can the people uh, find you? Sally DeFreeze on Instagram and Twitter. I am Brett Merriman at Schmerriman on both of those. Adam, thank you. We will uh, see you guys next week. Bye.